0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, June 14th, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. What do we know now about the relative benefits of a college degree against not having a college degree? And what degree programs deliver the worst returns for students? And why is the government subsidizing all this anyway? Neil McCluskey, director of the Cato Institute's Center for Educational Freedom, explains.
1: It's still the case that having a college degree enables you to earn a whole lot more money over your lifetime than not having a college degree. So people who only have a high school diploma over their lifetime will probably earn around a million dollars less than someone with a bachelor's degree. Understanding that, you know, if you'd put that money you paid in tuition in the stock market or something, that million dollars may have gone, may go down. It may be, I've seen, as low as $250,000. But... Generally, if you go to college and you get a degree, you are going to do better financially at least than somebody who only completed high school. So how has that number
0: changed over the last 10 years or so?
1: And that is the really important thing that nobody talks about when we say, oh, you'll make a million more dollars over your lifetime than someone with just a high school diploma. The fact of the matter is if you look at the earnings for people with bachelor's degrees over the last 15 years, they've actually gone down. If you look at the earnings for people with a master's degree or a law degree or something like that, you've seen those either stagnate or go down. So what we're actually seeing is, yeah, it it doesn't help if you only have a high school diploma. But that has basically—failure to have a college degree is now just seen as a negative as opposed to going to college confers or is thought to confer on people— real important learning or skills or abilities that are in demand in the economy. So we talk about it's important to go to college. But what we've really done is just hyperinflated people's credentials to the point where, yeah, not having one is a sort of a black mark against you. But having one doesn't mean anything, and that's reflected in stagnant earnings for people with a degree.
0: And is that because so many more people have college degrees now? Uh, that it doesn't it doesn't give you any kind of competitive advantage, or is it because the actual conferral of a degree does not actually say as much as we think it ought to about your ability
1: to do certain jobs? Yeah, I mean it's really a combination of those things. So it. It, there was a time when very few people had college degrees and the fact that you even went to college and finished would have said something about you that you were probably you know pretty smart certainly you could stick with things and that not just were you pretty smart you were probably quite a bit smarter than people who didn't go to college there was still you know there's still a component of you might have been from a wealthy family i mean it's not like it was in the glory days if there ever were any. It's not like college was a very clear indicator that there was something special about you, but it was, for the most part, an indicator of that type. But starting in the 60s and 70s and then really ramping up in the 80s and 90s, it just became an expectation that you you finish high school and you go to college. And what we saw was in measures of literacy of people with college degrees, uh, in terms of how much time people were actually spending studying in college, if you looked at assessments of their ability to, uh, you know, how well were they able to think critically when they started college, when they finished, all those things have gone down. I mean, you'd be shocked if you looked at literacy literacy rates, proficiency in literacy for people with not just college degrees, but even advanced degrees, markedly decreased in something called the National Assessment of Adult Literacy, which we only have 1992 to 2003. But in that period, it plummeted. And so what we're seeing is that there are a whole lot more people with things called degrees, but those degrees symbolize a whole lot less learning and a whole lot less of even those kind of less tangible things like critical thinking we think, well, somebody who went to college is able to do. The flip side of this is we see employers more and more demanding a degree for jobs that didn't previously require them and that there's very little evidence that the demands of that job have changed. It's just that, well, employers can now ask for a degree as one more thing because they don't pay for that degree. And there's so many of them. You say, sure, we'll ask for that too. Maybe that will help us weed out a few people who may clearly not be uh, uh, capable of doing the job. But having a degree doesn't say, yes, you can definitely do this. All right. So if we were
0: to break out college degrees and what kind of incomes those tend to uh, create or enable, what do we know once we've
1: uh, separated out by, say, degree program or
0: by – uh, track.
1: Yeah, here's the generally the way you can sort of stratify these things. It doesn't mean it's applicable to every student, every school as a as a concrete rule. You know, everybody's different. We always have to remember that. But generally speaking, here's what we can say: If you go to a top 25 U.S. news school, or if you go to a flagship state school, or even just a you know a well-known state school or well-known college, um, having gone to that school and gotten a degree there. Still signifies that there may be something that sets you apart from a whole lot of other people, even with degrees, because these schools are the competitive ones to get into. And it, it may not be that you learned a whole lot there, but the fact you got in, that sends a signal, especially always very important. You've got to complete lots of people to go to college and never complete. You've got to complete. And if you complete one of those schools, no matter what you study, it's probably going to give you some value. Burrowing down a little bit more, you can go to schools that don't have a big name as a school but may be very well known in a particular program, a particular area. Getting a degree in that area from that school will still say something about you. And the other thing that's really important to note is there are some degrees, some areas that appear to be pretty consistently in demand because it appears you learned something in college that you couldn't easily learn elsewhere. So when you look at the top 10 earning degrees for people right out of college, It's dominated by various types of engineering. Petroleum engineers, electrical engineers, and those people appear to graduate with real meaningful skills that you can't just sort of pick up on your own, you can't pick up easily in on-the-job training. And going into something like that is still going to have a big payoff for you. The problem is people who just by default go to a school that, you know, people haven't heard of. They don't really have any particular goal in mind of what they want to study or why they want to study it. And they tend to languish in school and they never finish or they finish, but there's not really something there that's marketable.
0: If higher education is a bubble, um, how do we get employers to break through this notion, what what needs to be changed so that employers can feel comfortable not requiring a BA or a BS in order
1: to be hired on to do some specific job. Yeah, I don't think that the solution to this lies with employers because employers, there's no cost to them to say, you need to have a bachelor's degree. For the most part, they're not the ones paying for it. Yes, yeah, some of them will have loan forgiveness and things like that. Right.
0: It's, it's a blunt screening mechanism right. that doesn't that – confers no cost to the employer but in terms exactly. of, but in terms of you know if you want a broader pool of candidates and the degree itself is how do we get it to the point where
1: skills trump degree yeah. well public policy's got to change so right now and we've been doing this for really since the 70s started in the 50s and 60s but really picked up in the 70s the federal government will give basically any amount of money that you need to go to college, to pursue a four-year degree. We have got to get away from a system where, first of all, we're subsidizing, but in particular, we're subsidizing with a goal to say everyone should get a four-year degree, because what we've seen very clearly is that has completely watered down the meaning of the four-year degree. Um, if you're going to keep federal student aid, which really ultimately needs to go because these sort of subsidies are huge distortions for making people consume or encouraging them to consume things they don't need and increasing the price of college. But if we're going to keep them, the first thing we should say is at least make this competency base. And there's some small talk about saying, well, we should at least uh, allow people to, to go to folks who can assess what you already know And uh, sort of put some sort of badge on it to say, okay, this person already knows, you know, what they learned in the first two years of some sort of maybe an engineering program at a college. Start to get this move toward competency-based learning. And people, you know, like I said, we're sort of seeing the beginning of people talking about that. But let's be also very clear about how public policy works. The people who want to do competency-based learning are very tiny, The people who run established four or uh, colleges that give four-year degrees and more, they are a gigantic lobby. And they are not going to get behind the idea that we should let new, especially, entrants say, we'll assess whether or not you're competent. They're going to continue to say, if anyone's going to do it, we're going to do it. And of course, we're not going to give you a whole lot of credit because we want you to pay for the full degree. And this is yet another reason we have got to get the public to say, get the federal government out of funding, because the people that are most most interested, most motivated to be involved in the federal politics, who are the best organized, are the ones that are already there, four-year colleges who don't want the system to change. And so it's nice that we talk about competency-based education even at the federal level, but we've got to be very clear. The federal government is not going to change this. The change has got to come by saying... People need to start paying themselves for post-secondary education with money they get voluntarily from other people, like lenders, Um, and then all the incentives begin to align to say, I want the thing that as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible tells employers, here's what I can do, or here's the training that I need, and I get it, and that's it. Not all the other stuff that goes to college, and not all the college lobbying. What do we know about certain areas of
0: employment where you do not earn a BA, a four-year college degree, and the potential incomes as compared with degree programs where you do get have a have a BA or a BS is there 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 have to be several uh, where getting the BA does nothing for you and getting a you know, two-year degree or something like that is extremely
1: valuable. Yeah, there are a lot of degrees that don't have a whole lot of earning potential. Sort of the most famous or infamous one, if you look at this, is psychology degrees. Lots of people pursue psychology degrees, but there's very little evidence that a psychology degree confers upon you a whole lot of earning potential. Keeping in mind, though, if you get a psychology degree at a school that's fairly well-known, you actually finish it. Just finishing a four-year school, no matter what you study, has value. But generally speaking, that psychology degree has way less value than if you're some sort of engineer. On the flip side, there are certainly vocational, what we call vocational, but you know, all of these, even a college degree, if you're looking to get a job, is about your vocation. And we tend to use the term vocational, where people do a sort of pejorative, like, oh, you went to vocational school.
0: And in fact, a lot of it is applied engineering.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so you can look, for instance, at uh, one that always amazes me uh, because we're so used to hearing, like, if you didn't go to college, you couldn't earn any money, is crane operators, especially big crane operators. They're making six-figure salaries routinely. And you think about it—that's something that's pretty hard to do. You've got to train on it, you've got to learn it. But it's not something that you have to spend four years in college and make sure you get your, your core curriculum of Plato um, and you know some sort of uh, you know math, well, maybe math, but you know you don't need the Plato. You probably don't need the English literature. A whole lot of stuff that colleges say we've well, got to get this liberal arts core. You don't need that thing—that sort of studying—to get the skills you need to do something that is highly valued. By society that 's another thing we need to remember is if people are going to pay you a lot for it, it often means they value it a lot and and uh,
0: related to that, there are a lot of those kinds of programs where Khan Academy is not going to be particularly helpful as you're trying to gain skills you actually need certain pieces of hardware in order to to advance,
1: Yeah, that's right. Now, Khan Academy is great because if you, I'm sure that if you're a crane operator, there's a certain amount of math that you need to know and you can learn that at something like Khan Academy. But absolutely, so much of what people do uh, requires experience doing it and usually experience with somebody who's an expert so that you basically you continue to repeat the process. And as you encounter all sorts of obstacles to getting something done, you have somebody with a lot of experience that says, no, don't do that again. And they can make sure that you're not doing something catastrophic. So, you know, if you're operating that crane, you want to start off with lots of on-the-job training with someone who's operated a crane for decades who could say, stop what you're doing, you know, you're about to swing that into something you shouldn't, or all sorts of other things that could go wrong. And that's kind of the idea behind apprenticeships is you work with an expert who has experienced all the things you could experience, and they can stop you and tell you how to correct it before something terrible happens. Now, the response from
0: uh, the Big Ed, I guess you call it, uh, is, uh, sure, we're subsidizing people getting college degrees that may not be that valuable. And sure, we don't want other people to be doing these types of uh, skills assessments to be determining competency. And I think the, the people who speak in public on behalf of Big Ed would say, what we need to be doing is subsidizing these other kinds of education as well.
1: Yes, Um, although I'm not sure how far they would go with that. They would say perhaps sort of in the abstract they should but I don't know if they'd go so far as subsidize these things if that money is coming from us. Usually what they say is, well, we'll start a program that does sort of what you're talking about. Don't worry, we'll take care of that. Now, sometimes it's community colleges and the Community College Association, and they may actually intend to do that. The problem is community colleges don't move all that quickly because they're, you know, they have lots of different roles. They're still a government entity, uh, and their job is sort of be there, kind of for everyone. And so there's lots of demand, and they move pretty slowly. Four-year colleges may say they do something like this, often not what we'd call vocational, um, but they say. It should, it should reside with the system as it is. We already have levels of institutions to do this. The problem is they move very slowly. They don't tend to do this a whole lot. And it doesn't – they don't respond quickly to the way the, uh, the economy, the demand for different jobs in the economy responds. And they still want you to stay there for a set amount of time and give them money. And it's not always focused on how quickly can you get the skills you need. And so, yeah, they certainly no one's going to say, well, we shouldn't have these jobs or you shouldn't get training for them. But Big Ed, if we want to call it Big Ed, will tend to say, oh, we'll do it. Don't worry. Give us the money. We'll make sure it happens, even though it happens very slowly or maybe not at all.
0: Neil McCluskey is director of the Cato Institute Center for Educational Freedom. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.